Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on and actually finish up in a series we've been doing now for um, 13 weeks called Interacting Well. Uh, This series has been about being salt and light into the world around us. It's, um, we've talked a lot through the great command um, of Jesus to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's kind of been the, the focus of our discussion. And, and out of that, we've spent a lot of time on the idea of loving our neighbors ourselves and really looking at um, interactions that Jesus had over the last four or five weeks that, that we've been discussing um, that he had with people and groups of people. And a couple of weeks before Easter, we looked at the time that he was spending with his disciples at the Last Supper. And uh, we, we've talked about a lot of stuff and that we looked at the foot washing and all that that meant and that, that it was this idea of serving is where you were going to find life. And then we looked at the uh, sort of the communion aspect of what was going on during the Passover meal and we, we looked at how it was really a, a, a sort of a very similar. At one point, it sort of shifted into a, a, a Jewish um, uh, imagery of a, of a proposal of a marriage with a cup of wine and Jesus going to prepare a place for us and all that that means. Uh, and so we tied all that together. And then, then we, we did Easter last week um, and talked about the resurrection of Jesus, of course. But I want to go back and finish this, uh, this series by um, sort of going back into that last interaction that Jesus is having with his disciples. Because he's putting in a lot of really important information about life to them. He's, he's, he's preparing them for, for his death, but he's preparing them for life and for ministry in the process. And so there's some things that I want to talk about today that happened right after the Last Supper. And, uh, supper, and uh, they're, they're recorded for us in John chapter 15, that very next chapter. And there's, there's four concepts in there that I want to... I want to share with you as we close out this series uh, and before we move further on into where we're headed next. Uh, and, and those four things are, I want to talk about um, fruit, um, remain, abide, uh, uh, remain and abide are the same, and prayer and love. So, um, so that's where we're headed, and I saw the verse come up, but that's okay. We'll get there in a minute. Before I do that, you know, a little break from the intro to the thing. Just had this one little thought, sort of a thing, um, and see what you think. The sole purpose of a child's middle name is so that they can know when they're really in trouble. <laughs> That's the only reason it's there, right? You ever heard it used in any other context? Never happens. Okay, there you go. Scripture reading, here we go. John 15, 10 through 13. This is out of the message paraphrase. We'll dig into it in the NIV in a moment. If you keep my commands... You'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in His love. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Certainly Jesus is going to do that. Um, this discussion, like I said, right before um, the arrest and the crucifixion and the resurrection and all that. So, so four things I want to talk about. Let's talk about first one. I want to talk about fruit. Fruit. First one, fruit. John 15, 1 and 2. This out of the NIV. I am the true vine, Jesus said, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. 
while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So the, the father is the gardener in the vineyard, and he wants fruit. And, and what kind of fruit is he looking for? A lot of discussion about that particular verse, um, whether he's talking about new people coming into the kingdom. But, but I believe that the fruit that he's looking for in his children is the fruit of the Spirit. And, and that's listed for us in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit that should be developing in us as the children of God in relationship with Jesus um, and, and with the infilling of the Holy Spirit as we yield to Him. Um, these are the um, character traits, if you would. These are the things that should be being developed in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit of, of living for God all in, like we've been talking about, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. This is, is what should characterize us as his kids. And, and uh, you know, this whole series has been about our interacting well with God and, and with others. And the fruit of the Spirit is really all about um, uh, that whole interaction too with people. It's, it, they're developed in the context of relating with other people. Uh, all of them are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're all developed as we interact and, and react with other people. Um, for example, uh, patience is, is one of those things that, um, you know, you, you can probably be way more patient when you're just by yourself doing everything. But when you mix other people into it, you ever notice that your patience gets tried? in the process because now you're having to deal with with other people in other situations uh, as, you know uh, kindness uh, certainly it's we need to extend kindness to people in the context of interacting with them love joy peace uh, it's one thing to be at peace when you're by yourself it's a whole other thing to be at peace in the context of relationship uh, the peace of God and so all these things are um, should be being developed in us in this life that we have in Him, uh, interacting well with God and with others, loving Him all in, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. It's the fruit that's developed in us as we continually yield to God um, and, and keep living by trying to do the next right thing. We talk about that here all the time. And so um, these, these, these fruits, these, these fruitful lives are the result of the life of Jesus being reproduced in us. That's why we look to Him as our model for life and ministry. We want His life to be reproduced in us. And, and, and so that's what's taking place in this process. And that's what God wants from His kids. He wants fruitful lives. He wants um, branches in the, in the vine that produce fruit. Uh, he goes on to say if, it, if they're not fruitful, He trims them back um, because He wants fruitful vines. And so he wants us to remain in him and engage in him in order to be those that produce fruit. Um, and that's the second point is about remaining in him. Or in, in some translations, it's abiding in him. They, same word, same thing, means the same. John 15, 4 and 5. Jesus says this, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in, remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, 
you can do nothing. So, so this fruitful life is only possible as we yield to the Spirit and remain in, in connection with Jesus, our model for life and ministry. Um, and, and, and so what does it mean then to remain or abide? Now, Jesus, you, uh, for, John uses that term in a couple other spots in his gospel. So it gives us some ideas about what that means to remain or abide. Um, and, and, and so one of the things that we have to do to remain or abide is, and this is, you know, we talked about this last week, and so we can just sort of reemphasize that, and I'm sure most of you have done this. A, under that uh, too, is, is we have to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's where this all starts. So that would be, uh, I have it as 2A in your notes, but anyway, uh, you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. And, and so it means you're responding to him. You understand what he's done. We talked about that at the cross, uh, how he defeated death, rose again, took our sin, paid for it, and, and um, now makes life possible now and forever life by, by allowing that, that we can be seen now in the perfection of Jesus. So God sees us already in the perfection of Jesus, which is an amazing thing. We talked about that. It's what he was talking about um, in, in the... the marriage imagery when we, we tapped into communion about the bread and the crop, cup. Back in John 6, uh, 5, uh, 56, Jesus said some a hard verse, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, there's the word, and I in him. That's the word remain. Uh, and, and like I said, it's kind of a tough verse, but it's a picture again of what we talked about two weeks ago. The communion and marriage analogy that we talked about. Um, when, you, when you understand it in that context, what it is, is a, it's a picture of us saying yes to Jesus as our bridegroom, uh, as the Messiah who came and fulfilled the feast perfectly, and then asking and accepting Him uh, into our hearts and lives to be our Lord and Savior. That's, that's what that's all about, what that verse means. So to remain in Him means to understand He's our Lord and Savior and that we're to live in Him. And then, the, the next part of that, I have it as B, uh, is to do what He did, to do what He did. John 8, 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, that word hold there is remain. If you remain in my teaching, if you abide in my teaching, they could have used, but they they use the word hold. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So so, uh, how do we do what he did? Uh, You know, if we hold to his teaching, it means we're to look at Jesus uh, as our model for life and ministry. And as we've been talking about for this entire series, we're to to plug into that. We're to do what he did. We're to love like he loved and serve like he served and think like he thinks and and, uh, uh, all the things that we've talked about uh, in the process of this thing. Serve like he served. All those things we're to be doing as well. Uh, And, you know... He fortunately summarized it for us. Love God all in, love your neighbor as yourself. That's how we do what he did. And, and that's where we find life. And that's where we find uh, the freedom in life. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When we, when we hang out with him, when we spend time in him, when we abide in him, we begin to experience the life that he created us for. And another part of this life, I have this as point number three, is prayer. Prayer. John 15, 7 through 8. If you remain in me, there's that word again, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now prayer uh, is a foundational part of the life of the disciple. Uh, And in the life of a believer, really everything starts with and continues on in prayer. 
we talk a lot here about prayer and spending time in the Word because we believe it is of the utmost importance. And so I'm encouraging you all the time to, to read through the Psalms, which is really a neat way to pray uh, because it, I, I'm encouraging you all the time to read through the Psalms every month. Uh, and, and, and yet all the Psalms are really prayer songs. And so as you read through them, you can begin to pray through them. And in, in, as you continually do that, you begin to engage it at deeper levels. And it's a wonderful foundation for prayer in the life of a believer. And, and so uh, our prayer is based uh, on this faith that we have in Christ from, from abiding in Him and, and on His words remaining in us as we read through the Bible. And, and then... Um, as, we, as we continue to press into this, this is the connection by, by reading, by studying His Word, by yielding the Holy Spirit, living by doing the next right thing, loving Him all in, loving our neighbors, ourselves. Uh, it begins to change us. It begins to change our minds and the way we think about things. And, and so um, our prayers then start to sort of line up with the will of the Father. And once that begins to happen, um, what that verse says is that then the things that you ask for just start happening. When you start asking in context and and, in the the will of the Father, then you start seeing all things uh, just start really taking place. That verse was never a promise that you can just sort of get off on your own and start expecting God to do whatever you want Him to do. Um, He's God. You're not. Um, But as you sort of live this thing engaged all in, um, you you find that your prayers begin to change. And and see, the the connection, and if you, when you read it through those verses... Um, a fruitful life. See, some people think that a prayerful life gives you a more fruitful life, um, and, and they're connected. But I also think this, that a fruitful life makes your prayer life better. Because as you're connecting in and yielding to the Spirit and living this thing out, what happens is you, you're, the way that you, you become less about you and more about Him and others, which is what we've been talking about. And it changes the way that you pray. pray. And, 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 and as you start to really line up with Him in those things, Watching him move into that stuff is, is fascinating and amazing, and it's really a, a, an exciting part of life. And then he reminds us, Jesus does, and fourth, this is the fourth point in your notes, that it's always about love. It's been at the center of everything we've talked about to this point in this series, and will continue to be. Um, we are always, to, to um, as his followers, be motivated by the wonder of his love. And the wonder of Jesus' love is patterned after the Father's love in its quality and in its extent. John 15, 9 through 13, this time out of the NIV. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other... As I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. He says that just before he's taken away and arrested, beaten and tortured and mocked and all those things that happened and crucified, killed. Um, he, he says, look, this, is, this will demonstrate to you that, that this is what love looks like. And, and that's how you need to love others. See, as we learn to lay down our own lives by being less selfish and more selfless, um, realizing, and we've talked a lot about this in the the course of this series, that we're not the center of the universe, 
we tend to go through life that we are, which is, and I've said this from the beginning, it's kind of a natural thing that, that in every situation that you, in, you enter in, you are first processing what's going on in your sort of deal. But that what, what God wants us to do as we continue on in this journey and as we yield to Him, as we live by trying to do the next thing, we start looking at things differently. So it's not always all about us. It's some about us always. That's, that's His goodness. But it's not all about us. And, and we begin to look at things differently. And when we, we see things, when, see, when we're, it's not all about us. We can look into a situation, and instead of figuring it all out for how it impacts us, we can start really looking beyond the surface with other people and what's going on in their lives. And it, it shows us how we can pray, how we can minister to them, how we can demonstrate kindness to them, how we can love them as ourselves, how, how Jesus might move into the situation. And it changes everything. And, and that we become extravagant lovers like Jesus in the process. And, and we experience, he said, the joy. He's, he wants us to experience the joy that comes from living like that. And, and as that begins to happen, it starts to impact everyone around us for his kingdom. And so this series has been about interacting well, loving God all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength, loving our neighbors ourselves, finding life in him, because he loves us so much. And what he wants from us is, is a, this life now and forever. But experience life in ways we might not even have imagined possible as we engage in him and as we abide in him. Remember, it's all about love and we stay connected in prayer. We, we spend time in his word. We live by trying to do the next thing, yielding to the spirit, loving him all in. That's where we find life. And that's how we're going to wrap that series up. Life is found in Him. Amen. If you're watching my video or on television, thank you very much. We appreciate you doing that. If you need prayer, go to our website, find the prayer page, and we will pray for you. Or you can call us. We'd be happy to do that as well. Thank you for watching. Come and visit when you can.